0: Please have a look in your Bible at Ephesians 3, verse 8 to 12, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 to 12, in the New Living Translation. There are so many beautiful passages in the Word of God, and so let's allow God to just speak as I briefly share on this. Ephesians 3, verse 8 to 12, it will appear. You can bring it up on the screen right now. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. This is what he says. He says, God graciously gave me, that's Paul, the privilege of telling the Gentiles about, look at this, the endless treasures available to them in Christ. See that phrase, the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. There were many things that were kept secret. Many things that even the prophets spoke about. They didn't even understand the things they were saying. But these are things which are now for us to know and experience and are revealed to us by the Spirit. Verse 10. It says, God's purpose in all this was to use the church. Some people say, well, they don't believe that the church is that important and this and that In the next. Year. I want to tell you. God has chosen the church. No matter if it is flawed, if it has difficulties, if it has challenges, God has chosen the church and it says God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display His wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was His eternal plan. His eternal plan. I want to stop there for a moment. I just want to say to you that God's plan for your life is better than anything you can possibly dream up. If you don't believe that, you need to adjust your thinking. I want to say it again. God's plan for your life is better than anything you can possibly dream up. And He's a God that always works with a plan. It's not a God that brings you, you know, to the end of your high schooling and then there's no plan. Absolutely not. He's a God of such infinite detail. He will not leave you without directing your thoughts for the future. And it says in verse 11, this was his eternal plan, which was carried out through Christ Jesus. Is anybody grateful for Jesus and the cross today? Come on. It was carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then verse 12, the last verse, because of Christ and our faith in Him, here it comes. We can now come boldly and confidently into the presence of God. You can come boldly and confidently, not through your righteousness, but the righteousness that is given to us by Jesus Because of the blood and because of that righteousness in which we are robed, we come confidently. The enemy always wants to make you feel condemned. So you take a moment and you just begin to, you're driving in your car, you just begin to pray and you just begin to talk to the Lord. And the enemy tries to tell you, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Why do you think you can pray? You're not good enough. You're not good enough, Christian. You lost your temper yesterday. The enemy will always try to do that. And that shows me all the more how important it is that you say, I don't care what the devil's trying to say to me. He's a liar in any case. He's a liar, liar, father of lies. I don't care what he's trying to say. But when I begin to talk to the Lord, I know that I come boldly and confidently into His presence. Because the way is open into the presence of God. Right now, today, we're experiencing the presence of God today. It's because of Christ. And all that he has done and so as I look at these few verses there's something that stands out to me the first thing that stands out to me is this that there are endless treasures available to us in Christ if you look at the first verse verse 8 it says there are the endless treasures available to them that's us in Christ want to tell you, child of God, that you have everything that you need from God. You have everything that you need for life and godliness. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I think we have no cooking clue (laughs) of that day when we surrender our lives to Jesus and we say, God, I repent of my old life and I place my faith in you. We have no idea of the incredible treasures that immediately become available to us. Immediately. We become joint heirs with Christ. We begin to experience everything that the Father has made available to us. It is available to us from that very moment. And so I want to say that we are the most blessed, fortunate, and to be envied people on the face of the earth. That is you, that is me. And it's because of what God has done for us. I have endless treasures. Say that with me. I have endless treasures in Christ Jesus. Another thing that stands out for me here is that God is using the church to display His manifold wisdom. That's what verse 10 is saying. God has chosen the church. Some people say, well, it's difficult for me because... I was in a particular church and I got hurt and so I'm not sure how passionately I feel about the church I was also hurt by the church but I chose to forgive to bless to move on and to value the church of Jesus Christ and I want to encourage you to do the same to forgive to bless to move on from that offense and to value the church of Jesus Christ because he has chosen the church to reveal his many-faceted, manifold wisdom. He's working through the church. He's working through the church. It is his agent of change in society. And so God is using the church to display his manifold wisdom, according to verse 10. And that wisdom is being displayed to, the Bible says, the spiritual realm, which is the authorities in heavenly places. God is making it known to all of the spiritual realm the incredible thing that he is doing through the church of Jesus Christ his manifold wisdom being revealed through the church but it's also that wisdom is being displayed to the earthly realm as well even though the earthly realm might at many times be antagonistic towards the church The reason why they hate the church is because they hated Jesus first. Sometimes we get real shaken up when we face this uh, aspect of criticism, this aspect of persecution. But I want to tell you they persecuted Jesus first. But you know what? If we experience the sufferings that Jesus went through We will experience so much greater the rewards for being faithful to God through all the years of your life. Come on, child of God. You're going to be faithful. You're going to be faithful right through to the end. And then just the last aspect that I notice here, and it deals with tremendous privilege. Listen to this. We can confidently enter into God's presence. Those last two words God's presence. Say that with me. God's presence. Say it again. God's presence. And it says in verse 12 because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. It is all about the presence of God Holy Spirit please minister this to your people it is all about the presence of God it is all about God's presence it is all about God's presence you've got to understand this. God wanted us to enjoy his presence in the Garden of Eden but then sin came and separated us but thanks be to God because you know what happened Jesus came and paid the penalty for our sins he removed all of that hindrance and that's why when Jesus was on the cross and he breathed his last breath, he declared, it is finished. Immediately the veil was torn from top to bottom and forever for the blood saints of God, right into the presence of God is where we go. So the next time the enemy tries to tell you you're not good enough to go into God's presence, say, get behind me, Satan, in Jesus' name. God expressly wants me in his presence. He expressly wants you in His presence. And so I want to say to you, the presence of God is the most important thing. It has been restored to God's people. All of what Jesus went through was to open the way. And that's why you just turn your affection to the Lord and you begin to enjoy His presence. That's why you're driving along in your car and that song of worship begins to play. You just begin to join in with that. And all of a sudden... You're aware of God's presence. You're right in there. You come boldly. You come confidently. You come boldly. You come confidently. I just want to say one thing which I hadn't planned to say today. But something that I've noticed in my life is that there is, listen carefully, there is something about, at times, getting on your knees Can anybody relate to that? Can anybody here say, well, I have discovered that? I remember my mom was an example to me in this regard. And Sometimes I'd walk into her room as uh, a young young guy, eight or nine years old, and mom would be praying, kneeling on the bed, not on the bed, against the bed. So she'd be kneeling down, and she'd be on the bed like this, uh, leaning over the bed. And she would be praying, she'd be praying. And uh, nowadays, my mom struggles to get down on her knees. We'd all have to help her up after that. But she's still praying, sitting on her bed. But I have discovered, sometimes, when you're struggling to enter into the presence of God, just get on your knees. Now, I'm not making a theology of this, all right? But we know that Jesus also knelt to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I want to encourage you. Some of you have never tried praying on your knees in prayer. I want to encourage you once or twice a week, maybe three times a week, that you would actually get on your knees and pray. I don't know. Sometimes I find when I just sit in a chair and pray like that, my mind can run in 50 different directions and you're distracted. You know what I'm talking about. You've experienced that as well. But when you actually get on your knees, and I do it at a chair in my study, I get on my knees and I... I rest on the chair, and I pray like that. And somehow, I experience God's presence in a particular way as I pray like that. Child of God, you've got to hear today that it is about the presence of God. And God is still calling you into His presence as a lifestyle, as the way in which you live. And then it's wonderful we come together like this, as the children of God, and we experience God's manifest presence. Thank you for your presence, Father. All because there's access through Jesus. No one comes to the presence of the Father, but through Jesus, through His blood, through the access. Let's move into communion. I trust you have the bread and the cup ready. You can begin to open it up so long. Scripture says in Matthew 26, verse 26 to 28, I'm reading from the Living Bible, it says as they were eating, this is the Last Supper, Jesus took a small loaf of bread and blessed it and broke it apart and gave it to the disciples and said, take it and eat it, for this is my body, in other words, representing my body. Verse 27, and he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it and gave it to them and said, each one drink from it for this is my blood. Sealing the new covenant, it is poured out to forgive the sins of multitudes. Father, right now, we lift up this wafer representing the body of Jesus Christ. We break this as a reminder of all that you went th- through and how you laid your life down for us, your body for us. You allowed yourself to be crucified, whooped, nailed to the cross. But it's all because you love us so much. You love us so much. And so we want to thank you, Lord. We honor you for your sacrifice. Oh, we do, absolutely. We honor you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for salvation. The body of the Lord broken for you. Now, Father, we lift up the cup. We know that this represents blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we are incredibly blessed to partake in the sacrament of communion. Lord, we take a moment to say if there's anything we've said, thought, or done that just hasn't been right, hasn't pleased you, we're sorry, Lord, we confess it to you. We thank you for your grace, we thank you for your mercy, we thank you that you forgive us and cleanse us afresh. We are the righteousness of God, but sometimes when we make mistakes, it's only right in relationship that we say sorry, Lord. And so we want to thank you. And as we partake of this, we receive everything that you have available for us in the new covenant. The blood of the Lord shed for you.